Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Hello, and welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition. It is March 30th, 2023. This is episode 189. I am Eric Peterson, and joining me is Mr. Brad Wood. Hello, Eric. Hello, Confusion World. Good to talk to you all again. It's been a little break with some scheduling problems, but we're back. So thanks for <laughs> going with us. <laughs> and thank you to our sponsor, Order Solutions, the makers of all your favorite box products. You can... Say thank you to Ordis by liking and subscribing these videos on YouTube, starring our repos on GitHub, subscribing to this podcast in your podcast app of choice, coming over to CFCasts and signing up for a free or paid account, buying some awesome swag from our Box Life store, or buying any of Ordis's books, like 102 Cold Box Quick Tips and Tricks, or learn Modern Cold Fusion in 100 Minutes. And my personal favorite, you can come. To Into the Box 2023 in May. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Yay, Into the Box. Woohoo! You can also support us on Patreon. Our adjective of the day is our amiable Patreon supporters. <laughs> I like it seems to a little backhanded. I don't know. but Choose, uh, isn't that like amiable likeable? means, well, yeah, it means pleasant, but I mean, It'd be like calling them milk toast or something, but I don't know. It, these are always meant as a compliment to our lovely Patreons, <laughs> our amiable Patreon supporters. Yes, our so amiable Thank Patreons. you all. We'll tell you more about the perks uh, and how you can join at the end of the podcast. On to some news and announcements. So in case you missed it, uh, there was a critical security update for Cold Fusion which came out just a couple weeks ago. And this is a pretty serious one. It um, affects basically, I think, like Cold Fusion 11 through 2021, um, except Cold Fusion 11 and, 20, and 2016 are both obviously out of support and do not have patches. So if you were on um, either of those systems, um, update update fast and swiftly. So uh, Charlie Earhart helped uh, report this, and he has a huge blog post that goes way, way, way into depth on top of the <clears throat> official uh, security bulletin. But basically, it's a nasty one. It's a remote code execution, which means that a um, malicious actor can run arbitrary code of their choosing on your server. Um, and of course, that's usually the uh, gateway to all sorts of nasty things. So this is all part of the CF client functionality, which um, I don't think anybody really uses, but it won me $1,000 at one point. <clears throat> when Adobe had a contest on using CF client, and I was one of only two entries in it. Um, but even if you're not using CF client, doesn't matter. You can still get hacked for the vectors. So th those updates are out there and they are known to be actively exploited in the wild. I don't know to what extent, but um, you don't want to put off that update. And I believe the updates uh, from Adobe are, um, are only just the security updates. So it should be um, fairly safe to go ahead and slap those on your servers, do some testing and uh, secure yourself against that vulnerability. Also, in case you missed it, the State of the CF Union 23, yeah, the State of the CF Union 
the State of the CF Union 2023 survey is still going on, you can head over uh, to TerraTech and fill that out. As we've said before, it really helps us as as module developers and framework developers know how best to target different engines, different features, things like that. Yep, absolutely. Well, we want to have as many responses to that as possible. Um, <clears throat> so Command Box uh, just had a release, but you're not stopping on the goodies coming out. Well, I've been bored, and there's been too much fun stuff to play with. So, <laughs> uh, yes, there's a handful of uh, of new, interesting little things I've added into Command Box. And I, uh, I tweeted out about a handful of them. I've wanted to have a, a generic tree output helper for a while. Kind of like when you do package list and we, you know, nest everything, you know, kind of recursively. I've wanted to have that for our file listings. So I refactored that package list command and built the generic uh, tree command that we can use. And so now there's a tree listing for files. I also added a little helper for printing, you know, an array of any size and columns across the, the terminal. Mostly because every time I ran the help command, it annoyed me that it was just one big long line of, of commands at the top level. And I always thought to myself, I should put those in columns. And so finally built a helper for that. Um, with uh, some suggestion from you, Eric, uh, built a little clipboard command, uh, which just wraps up the Mac or the Windows uh, binary for copying things to your clipboard from the command line. So you can run a command and just pipe the output into the clipboard command, and it'll go onto your Mac clipboard or your Windows clipboard or Linux if you're using uh, the right things that are installed. So just a handful of little fun um additions that have gone into command box i'm actually looking i haven't told anybody this <clears throat> i'm looking at probably putting out another quick command box release sometime um soon largely because there's a, a small little regression on servers where some of the debug console log output no longer shows up and i fixed that on the bleeding edge um but i'd like to get that out there and i don't know if i've actually talked about this either outside of Ortis. um so you guys get all sorts of insider info when i'm on the podcast um, I have preliminary support and preliminary meaning it kind of works on my machine um, and a couple of the people who've tested it. Uh, support for Java 16 plus. Um, I'd kind of been holding off on that for a long time, waiting for Adobe and Lucy to get around to supporting Java. Um, Lucy 5.3.10 mostly sort of somewhat seems to work on Java 17. Um, Adobe ColdFusion is planning on supporting Java 17 for ColdFusion 2023. In fact, they've even reached out to us internally because they've been testing some of our apps like Content Box and found issues with that, which is actually really, really cool when Adobe reaches out and says, hey, we're testing our new engine on your frameworks. Um, I love I love that they're doing that. So I've uh, I've done some fixes on the Bleeding Edge command box as well. So what now uh, both the CLI itself and servers that you start, assuming the Cold Fusion engine you're running is compatible with Java 16 and so on. Um, command box itself will uh, will now support that as well. So yeah, just a handful of uh, things that I'll probably try to put out in a little release um, at some point for command box. Uh, as always, the bleeding edge of command box is out there on um, our S3 bucket. If you run the upgrade dash dash latest command, it'll give you the URL where you can go download it and play with it. And uh, I'd love to have any feedback on that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that clipboard command was, I was asking Brad how to uh, strip out ANSI characters. And of course, Brad being Brad's like, why do you need to do this? We're missing something. <laughs> and now we have a clipboard command. So you're all welcome. <clears throat> okay. Uh, we have a new Ordis product. We have a chat, a chat GPT bot for our documentation. 
So this was something that our yeah. <laughs> love our clap track. Uh, this is something our Patreon supporters have been testing out with us, and now is uh, released to anybody that wants to. It's available at chatgpt.ordersolutions.com. And I will switch over to my screen for a second to show this off. <clears throat> There's this little button, start chatting. And it says, ask me anything about an order's product and hit enter. So maybe I'm going to say, how do I nest a view in another view? Have you Give tested me. this? Do you know this will work? I, <laughs> we're going to find out. Response, you can nest a view in another view by using the render view <clears throat> method. Hey, look, Ooh. it's correct. Add it right nice. before it to render out the message box. <clears throat> Looks like this is coming from message box. Um, but it's still correct. So... Uh, yeah, you can. We fed it with uh, many of our Git books. You can ask questions in here about cold box, command box, wire box, uh, QB. I, like I believe 20, it's like 24 Git books. Yeah. And if you want to see how this was made, there is a session at Into the Box with, uh, I know, Grant. And is it yourself, Brad? Or, uh, no, um, I think, um, Scott Steinbeck might be doing an AI session. Okay. Don't, don't take my word for it, but I, think we, I heard something about that. We'll have that. to jump and look at the schedule. <clears throat> but uh, there is a session about learning how we made this and learning how you can incorporate AI into your applications at Into the Box. Yeah, and this is super cool. This uh, came out of a little hack fest that Gavin and Grant Copley did at our uh, yearly Ordis developer retreat that we had last month in Houston. We're all sitting around and it's something they'd want to play with for a long time, and they finally sat down and figured out how to get it. Um and it's worth noting, um, we're not just proxying through to like the chat GPT that you're familiar with using. Um, that sort of, you know, free jet chat GPT is basically loaded with a bunch of information from Google from like last September. So it's kind of an outdated snapshot of the internet. Um, we are using the same underlying API. OpenAI is the company that made chat GPT and we're using that same AI, but um, with our own custom load of, of modern data from the, the, uh, Get books that we have, and uh, it is pretty cool. This just does actually cost money to order us every time you ask a question, but we, it's basically like two or three cents <laughs> per question. So um, anyway, use your questions wisely. It's it's pretty fun to play with it, and uh, yes, <clears throat> you can eventually ask it something like arcane enough you can get it to tell you something wrong. Congratulations, you cheated the system. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it won't know anything that's not in our get book. So if you ask it how to bake a cake. I don't even know what it will say, but it, it probably won't be accurate because it's it's uh it's it's knowledge domain is all of our Ordis documentation. And I'm excited. Uh we had the the potential, we have all these things we want to do with it. Uh to be able to load it up with information from our blogs, load it up with information from our community forum, which has, you know, like over a decade worth of mailing list questions and things on it. So it supports all sorts of cool stuff that we uh want to um, do in the future. I want to ask it how to bake a cake. Well, I have it right for you and right for our viewers. I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> it actually admits it doesn't know. Well, that's as brave of it. That that makes it a uh, better than, mo uh, you know, 50% of developers, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Finally, uh, Adobe cold fusion 2023 beta is now on ForgeBox. Or I should All say right. the uh, public beta is now on ForgeBox. If you knew the secret uh, slug before, you might have been able to use the alpha. But now using CF Engine equals Adobe at 2023-beta, anybody can start up the new 2023 beta on their command box servers. Yep. 
So test away, obviously not for production. Um, you want to make sure you update the latest version to cfconfig uh, to support it. But um, it uh, you can use it in Docker images, use it locally, whatever you need to do to be able to help test out the beta and give your feedback to Adobe. Okay. Moving on to webinar meetups and workshops. As always, we'll talk about our Ordis event calendar, which should be the most up-to-date place for our events. And right now, what we're looking forward to is CF Summit East training workshop, which is next week on April 4th in Washington, D.C. This is with Luis Mahano doing Cold Fusion MVC for dummies. And I, I feel like we should add for not dummies as well, because <laughs> I don't know. I was I the only one that read that, and I'm like, I'm not a dummy. I just don't know this. Anyways, <laughs> uh, probably too sensitive. That's okay. Anyway, <laughs> so join you, Luis. You can't next call week. people dummies nowadays. Come on, <laughs> join Luis next week before CF Summit East, and then stay for CF Summit East. It's a free co conference that Adobe is putting on next week in Washington D.C. All right, let's talk about some CF Cast updates. So we have more Mastering Command Box videos. I, I think five have come out since the last podcast we've had. Let's see. Mod CFML with IIS and bond code. CF mm -hmm. config improvements. Custom tray icon actions. Mini box and starting pure HTML servers. Good so, stuff. I love having these on CFCast as well because if you just need a refresher on how one of these things work. You just jump to that video. It's a couple minutes long. It's easy to find. I love that. So glad these videos are coming out. Also, we had the March webinar with Luis, Secure Your Coldbox Apps with CB Security 3. That is now available on CFCast as well. And we have lots of great stuff coming. I was just asked today if I can get a Inertia JS and CB Inertia on my my list of videos to start series to start making. So watch for that coming to soon. All right, let's talk about some conferences. Next week's a, a big conference week. It is. Uh, so Luis is going to uh, CF Summit East, like we just discussed. Um, but other people in the Ordis team, namely uh, John Claston and myself, are heading over to Atlanta, which is really is crazy. It's only like a few days that I'm flying out. It snuck up on me. Uh, for DevNexus, uh, Charlie Earhart, Cold Fusion Troubleshooter Extraordinaire, is one of the speakers this year at DevNexus, so be looking forward to seeing him. Um, John and I are going to be attending. I'm doing a, worksho a workshop with Venkat, who is one of our all-time favorite um, presenters in the Java world. And we'll be seeing what's going on in the uh, Java community. Uh, of course, we have the CF Summit East uh, workshop, which Luis is doing in DC, and then the actual CF Summit East, um, which is April 6th on uh, Thursday. So lots of cool stuff going on there. I'm not familiar with Jay on the Beach. Uh, what's this one, Eric? So this is one that Ordis is sponsoring out in Spain. So this is a DevOps, uh, Devs and Data Sciences together in Malaga, Spain. If I pr pronounce that right, I don't speak Spanish well. Um, so yes, Ordis is uh, uh, sponsoring this, and I, I don't know if Luis will be there, but I know he's close by, so 
That is J on the beach for all of our European friends. But what does the J stand for? Is it like Java on the beach? This one says the URL says John on the beach. Who's John? Nope, nope. It's, it is just. Never mind. I can't read. Oh, this it's J on. J on. I just saw John the beach. I'm like, okay. I saw this. I saw the same thing. Um, so. I assume this is a Java esque <laughs> conference, but their website doesn't necessarily. It just says a multi-language, multinational company, blah, 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 open source products, tooling, training. Oh, wait, no, I'm reading the description of Order Solutions. Jeez, let me find the homepage. <laughs> um, DevOps, devs, data scientists, big data. So basically, they rolled a dice of marketing keywords and created their conference description. And confused me in the process and had me call it John on the beach on the podcast. So, <laughs> I don't know. I can't figure out what the heck this conference is about, but it looks pretty cool. And we're sponsoring it. So, I feel like it's along the similar lines as like that conference. It's like, what is that conference about? It's about whatever they want it to be, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Other ones coming up Vue.js Live, May 12th and 15th, online and in London. You can learn more at, at Vue.jslive.com. And then comes our favorite and um, objectively the best conference of the year into the box 2023 tickets are available this is in person only for those of you that are thinking that you'll wait for a online ticket it is not coming so please come get a ticket and come join us in Houston May 17th through the 19th we are so excited to have you lots of great workshops and sessions and New hands-on sessions, mariachi bands, and of course, getting to hang out and work with your favorite Ortis people. After Into the Box, we got ViewConf US, New Orleans, May 24th through 26th, Jazz, Code, and View. And then we head into uh, one of our other favorite conferences, CF Camp. Yes, they're I'm excited to be going back there. Their call for speakers uh, has closed. So uh, if you did submit a topic, you should be hearing from them about whether it's accepted or not. And we look forward to them announcing their schedule soon. That is June 22nd and 23rd in Freising, uh, which mm -hmm. is by uh, the Munich airport. Absolutely. Yeah, if you can make it out to uh, to Germany, it's a uh, Great way to do some sightseeing for a few days and then attend uh, the CF Camp Conference. I'm super excited to be going back there. And as always, if you need more conferences, comps.tech has you covered. Go ahead and search there for any other languages or frameworks or topics that you're looking for. And now we'll jump into the blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. Uh, this first one we have is by Michael Horn talking about Chromebook CFML development environment tutorial. Uh, this is a good guide for any Linux machine, really. Uh, but he talks about how to take a Chromebook, enable the Linux, uh, I don't know what you call it, give access to the Linux <laughs> operating system underneath, and then set up in a development environment for ColdFusion, command box, VS Code or Sublime Text, all of that. So... Uh, good tutorial. Again, great for any Linux machine that you're setting this up on, not just Chromebooks. 
You know, I'll be honest, I saw the his tweets on this, and I didn't realize you could do this with the Chromebook. I didn't really know much about them. I thought they were just limited to the Chrome OS, which I figured basically would make them worthless for any kind of, you know, development. But that's actually really cool that you can basically uh, tap into the underlying Linux and then start installing stuff. And I love the fact that he uses uh, command boxes as uh, part of a setup. Pretty cool. Uh, the next blog I had not thought of this <laughs> this angle of it is from James Moberg, and it's talking about generating sanitized email hashes as integers. Um, and so <laughs> the thing I hadn't thought of is he talked about uh, the ability in different email providers, uh, mainly Gmail popular popularize this, that periods are available anywhere, right? They're basically right. non-characters. And at the end of your email, you can add plus and any uh, string, I, I probably, you know, alpha numeric, and it will add that as a tag or a label in Gmail. Um, a lot of email systems, though, will treat all those emails as unique because they do look unique if you're just doing a string comparison. Um, evidently, this was a problem at James's company because he found there were 279 attempts using 162 variations of their Gmail username on this <laughs> form. And so he was figuring out how to create the sanitized email hash and storing it in their database so that they could be aware of these and track these and probably prevent them at some point. Um, so I found the, the problem like something I didn't even think of and uh, really fascinating to read. Uh, pretty simple solution, and James walks you through it. So uh, it, maybe a five-minute read, maybe less. So really inter uh, fascinating, actually. I'd never thought of those Gmail features as problems for people. In fact, I probably have exploited the fact that people don't think of those as uh, the same email by adding a plus to my... <laughs> My free trial on, you know, some video streaming site somewhere. <laughs> well, yeah, so. I mean, I've definitely seen people use it just to keep their inbox organized, but <clears throat> I hadn't really thought of, about the fact that people would use it to, you know, bypass one per user sort of restrictions. Okay. It's kind of cool that he used, uh, he used the hash code, basically just the Java string hash code at the end. I probably would just, you know, stuck it through the hash function and created an MD5 hash, but... I suppose uh, the hash codes being an integer are probably smaller to store in mass yeah, and it, faster to compare. That's exactly what he talked about. It was uh, faster to join fa and lower storage requirements. Yep, cool. Okay, we have a blog from Ben Nadal. Uh, nope, that's the wrong title. One second. <laughs> about Russian doll content wrapping with CF Save content. That makes a lot more sense than the title that was currently in there. Um, so uh, this is the idea that you can continually wrap and redefine a variable to build the content up. Um, <clears throat> it is a nice, I guess, peek under the hood if you use Coldbox or even Framework One or any of those on how layouts and views work. It's basically this. We just keep redefining the body from the most inner point and building out to your layout and just keep putting the views in. So um, not too much to show here, but just showing how save content and redefining a, the same variable, you can build something up. Also cold box layouts and views already do this for you. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Brad, you had a post in the community forum this last week about a question brought up in the CFML Slack. Is using command box to run Adobe Cold Fusion sites safe in production? I feel like you must get these mm. kind of questions a lot. Like, not just Adobe, but Lucy as well. Doesn't Betterdge's law of headlines save any headline as a question? Should be answered no. I know. So <laughs> that, that that's um, your fault. But <laughs> well, I, technically, I didn't put a question mark at the end of the title. Um, yeah, so there's someone who came in, in Slack, and basically they've been having um, <clears throat> a discussion with uh, one of their coworkers. Basically, uh, about whether or not um, Command Box was a viable option for their company, and I think a lot of people just use Command Box without thinking about it. Because hey, Command Box, cool, it works. Uh, they worked at a particularly large organization who you know was rather picky about the software, and they wanted to make sure that their Adobe support plan would be honored. They wanted to make sure that the Adobe Cold Fusion server they were starting was an official Adobe Cold Fusion server, not some crazy hack job from Ordis. And they wanted to make sure that the you know undertow um, servlet container inside of a uh, command box was powerful enough to handle, you know, scalable production loads, which are, uh, are fair questions. And the answer is basically uh, yes uh, to all of them. Um, after uh, talking back and forth with him, I had said, hey, this is actually like really good information. Can I just make a community post about this so Google can index it, so ChatGPT can index it? <laughs> um, and it would also give them a place to point his, you know, his coworkers to uh, who may possibly be slightly more inclined to um, listen to someone from Ortis than one of their coworkers. Uh, but basically, um, yeah, I mean, the, the answers are if you, you know, start an Adobe Cold Fusion server with Command Box, you are using Adobe Cold Fusion's, you know, war deployment, right? We just package it for ForgeBox. We're not changing it. You know, will, Adobe will support, uh, will, off, will, will uh, honor, if I can say the right word here, their, you know, support contract you may have with them. We have clients who have, Ordis support contracts, and they have Adobe support contracts. We support the command box portion. Adobe supports the Adobe portion. Uh, you're not, you know, stuck somewhere in an unsupported installation. And of course, you know, JBoss Undertow is different than Tomcat, but it's extremely powerful. It's extremely popular. It's battle tested. It supports, um, you know, the JBoss DAP uh, platform that's built on top of Wildfly. So all that stuff is is completely production ready. Um, and then there's some more information uh, we had talked about that. Um, he uh, put down in a comment below, just kind of copying some more of the stuff I had uh, talked about that just discusses why, uh, why Command Box, I'm sorry, why Ordis rather didn't use Tomcat in Command Box. You know, people will ask us that question. Well, why didn't you just use Tomcat, right? Um, and uh, there's a whole bunch of reasons why we, we built up our own servlet around Undertow. And they're all really good reasons. There's all a ton of, of configurability, a ton of control that we get that we basically wouldn't get if we didn't control uh, the stack from top to bottom. So... Anyway, just a bit of uh, apologetics here for why we do what we do and um, how it's uh, battle-tested in production, and hopefully that can help people if they're having to have those sort of conversations, you know, internally to justify why they might want to use it uh, for deployments. That's awesome. I think we should uh, link out to that in the command box docs at some point, too. I'm sure people are looking in there for the same answers to these questions. Yep. All right, finally, we're going to talk about another blog post from Ben Nadal about getting Fusion Reactor's user experience monitoring to play nicely with content security policies. So lots of uh, three-letter acronyms there, UEM and CSPs. <laughs> uh, so Fusion Reactor's user experience monitoring is 
um, in addition to their Java agent, which is profiling your server code, this is a JavaScript uh, script that they have that will talk back to Fusion Reactor so you can get kind of a holistic view of how the front end is working as well. Um, a content security policy, when enabled, is controlling what scripts can run on your website and what resources can be loaded. Uh, and so in this blog post, Ben takes us through getting the, the I think you pronounce it, Anonce, N-O-N-C-E. Um, it's like a one-time code. I've never that, known how to pronounce that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that goes on to your scripts. So you, you've generated your content security policy. You get this, your code. It's kind of like, um, oh, what's the cross-site request forgery token, CSRF. There we go. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that, where it's going to be different each time. And if it's included, the script can run. And if not, it won't run. Um, well, Fusion Reactors did its own thing to put the scripts in. And so this blog post talks about getting those connected. I think it's also good just to, especially if you haven't dealt with content security policies, to kind of ease you into what they do. Um, they are very... Uh, powerful i think and important and also i thought, I thought you were going to say annoying there for a second and also annoying it's like <laughs> cores it's like i hate this thing and i want it off also i want it to protect me in production so <laughs> right yeah and i mean and if you haven't used fusion reactors uh, user experience monitoring it is pretty sweet it basically injects some javascript code into each of your pages on the front end without you needing to manually write any code to do it and then it, it tracks and monitors, you know, from the user's browser perspective, how long it takes your page to render, um, you know, what the user's seeing from their end, which is really cool. But obviously, you know, to a browser who's been told to protect the website, it could look as though it's malicious JavaScript coming from somewhere else, which is obviously why you have to uh, sometimes wrestle with the, the CSP stuff to make it all play nice. But it is a, a pretty cool feature, in my opinion, probably an underused feature that I would say most people probably don't know is even in Fusion Reactor. Right now, uh, as far as the content security policy stuff goes, <clears throat> didn't did that get into CB security, or was that one of our things we want in CB security one day? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question for Luis. Um, so if not, now I've said it out loud, and people will want it. But I I believe that's something that we are <laughs> uh, wanting to do. In any case, is and, you know, CB security handles a ton of security concerns already, and content security policies would be right up there. Um, if not, no, it honestly, could be its, it's own. Something I, it's something I could do in command box as well. Because yeah. all you're really doing is returning uh, an HTTP header that's, you know, from the web server that's telling the web browser, I want you to enforce these things for me. Yeah, that could work as long as, I, I mean, you do have to have access to that um, nonce or that token. So unless you were going to turn it off completely, you might not be able to do it just on the command box server side. Uh, you you end up having yeah. to add a script tag uh, or adding the nonce to the script tag. Here, I'll bring up Ben's post. We can take a quick look at it, folks. If I come right down here, uh, normally you'll have script type text JavaScript. That's just normal script. And if you have a strict content security policy, that will not run. Um, it will not just run scripts. And it asks you to put in this uh, nonce value here. Right. Because this applies not just to JavaScript files, but just like an inline script mm -hmm. block, which could be maybe injected via, you know, a cross-site scripting vulnerability on your site. Right. 
And so that you you've generated and put that into the headers, as Brad said, it's a content security policy header, and you also need to put it on the script tag itself, each one that you're putting on. Obviously, if you have control of your website, this isn't a problem. If somebody else is trying to do it, they won't know what this value is. So good times. I could still build that command box. If I make I've, an undertow, I've challenged if I make Brad. An, <laughs> if I make an undertow wrapper that generates, that wraps the request, generates the nonce or whatever you call it, sticks it in the request scope, which I can do, so you can access it from Cold Fusion, and then sets the header at the end of the request, and that would probably work, unless I'm misunderstanding how it works. Um, I, I I'm curious to see it now, just because uh, I am as well. I've I've I, challenged. I'll you. be I'll be honest. <laughs> I've only had to mess with the nonce stuff and the CSP once. And it was when I was adding some junk into our discourse forum, which of course has a bunch of the, the CSP stuff enabled. And then, and then it was blocking like our embedded, like Google analytics tracking and things because I had to update it to use the stupid. <laughs> yeah. James, anyway. uh, James Moberg in the chat says he's dealt with content security policies in this using JSOUP and rewriting uh, whitelisted URLs and elements with the correct nonce values. So, and also a note that if you do enable a strict content security policy, you do not get to use like on click or you know on select or any of those inline JavaScript methods on elements. So okay, that ends our blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. And let's talk about find a job. On getcfmljobs.com this week, there are over 55 cool fusion positions across 35 companies, 28 locations, and five countries. Two new ones since our last podcast. We have a full-time senior application developer at Aurora, Illinois, and a contract cool fusion developer in Jacksonville, Florida. You can also check out our jobs channel in the CFML Slack team or the Box Team Slack team. Okay, Forgebox Module of the Week. We're going to continue our love of AI and talk about the ChatGPT API by Matt Gifford. This is a uh, pretty lightweight component to talk to the core ChatGPT service, passing the API key and asking it to um, complete a prompt. Which I, every time I see these, it just makes me laugh. You can make AI say some funny stuff. <laughs> um, probably useful too, but I just use it for funny stuff right now. Soon we'll have a TV show entitled AI says the darndest things. You know, I didn't keep it, but there was a cold fusion article I found in prepping today that I was very convinced it was written by AI. It was just so interesting, but <laughs> I didn't put well, it in there for that reason. <laughs> we already know there's, there's a site out there called like update for devs or something. And they basically scrape content. They do it from our blog and, and thousands of other blogs, but they run it through some sort of like, I don't think it's really AI, but they run it through some sort of like thesaurus and they just swap words for synonyms. Um, but it doesn't always work. Like they took one of our blog posts that said something about Docker images and they changed it to say Docker photos, which obviously isn't the right synonym. But, you know, <laughs> it's like they're trying to make the content look unique with some vaguely automated fashion, but it, it sometimes just sounds ridiculous. Is that the same one that did um, 
update or perish for modernizer die yes yes <laughs> yeah they scraped one of our modernizer die posts and they reworded it to say uh update or perish <laughs> uh, finally the times. true meaning is revealed <laughs> all right well you can to your heart's content have chat gpt in your application now with this awesome api wrapper thank you matt gifford that's available on forgebox or command box using the slug chat gpt for our VS Code hint, tip, and trick of the week, we have Grammarly. Um, first off, this made me laugh because if you pull up the Grammarly extension for VS Code, and I'll show it here for those viewing this on video, um, the description just says, this extension brings Grammarly to VS Code. That's it. Everything else is configuration. It doesn't even tell you what Grammarly is. It just assumes like, eh, you know. Haven't you seen the ads? <laughs> um, and so for those of you that don't know, Grammarly is a tool to um, like a communication assistance tool. It uses now they're calling it AI enabled services um, to help you choose the words uh, in your prose. It works in Markdown in text files. I think they have an HTML preview as well. Um, so it can it can help your writing. I I've used it occasionally, but I usually ignore it because I just focus too much to see the pop-ups that it's putting on me. Um, but yeah, so Grammarly, VS Code, great to get those readmes written just the way you want. And here we are at the end of another wonderful podcast. With Thank our you, amiable Patreon supporters. Our amiable ones, which is a compliment. <laughs> Despite what Brad made of wanted you to think at the beginning of this <laughs> we're, we're conditioning you so if you're thinking about mean being mean to us you'll be like oh well they did call me amiable so i guess i'll have to lighten up <laughs> well thank you to all of our patreon supporters you can support us as well on patreon.com slash order solutions those that subscribe at the bronze level and up get forge box pro and cf cast included as a perk and all our patreon supporters have access to their own private forum on the community website and the nifty badge and their own channel on the box team Slack. And now and we, and oh, and and access to cool things like our chat GPT to which true general public thought. That is very true. So these perks and more could be yours <laughs> on act now. Patreon.com slash order solutions. So we will finish by reading the names of our top Patreons. This is not all of you. We love all of you. And you can find all of our Patreons and other sponsors at ordersolutions.com slash about dash us slash sponsors. And here are our top Patreons. John Wilson with Synaptrix, Tomorrow's Guides, Jordan Clark, Gary Knight, Mario Rodriguez, Giancarlo Gomez, David Bellinger, Dan Card, Jeffrey McGee with Sunstar Media, Dean Monder, Nolan Irk, and Abdul Rahim. Thank you, everybody. You stuck with us to the end. Don't forget to go get your Into the Box tickets. We really want to see you there. It's going to be an excellent conference. And we will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizerdie.io where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this.
The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Blue Tree Audio.